You're listening to the Here to Stay podcast, where we talk to people who are challenging the current state of how we work, live, and use technology. If you're looking for career inspiration or interesting stories and topics, this is the podcast for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two. In this episode, I'm joined by Sarah Howley, the CEO of Remotely, the all-in-one platform for culture-driven remote companies. Sarah shares her knowledge as a remote work advocate and founder. And what I found very interesting is that her startups only work with conscious companies. So if you're curious to know about what it means to be a conscious company or to hear Sarah's experience as founder and remote work advocate, this episode is for you. And I hope you enjoy. Let me know. Hey, Sarah, it's great to have you in the show today. Thank you for joining. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. And um, well, I'd love to ask you a very far question about your website and in particular about the way you refer to conscious companies. You're the CEO of Remotely, and basically you have companies and candidates to find the right fit in a remote-first context. So that's a pretty awesome type of business. But really, I'd love to understand more about what you mean by conscious companies, if you could help us understand that. Yeah, for sure. What I'm really referring to there and what we what we mean is companies that have you know, a level of awareness about themselves, who they are as an organization, who their culture is and what impact they're having on the world. So when we bring more awareness and consciousness to ourselves as individuals, we tend to start to understand and have better relationships with the world around us, whether it's people or the environment or whatever it is. So, you know, I think some in some aspects, simply, I think about businesses that are good for people and good for the planet. So the things that they do in the world are actually having like a positive impact. But also it is about that knowing of self with in a company context, that would be like, what are our values? What is our vision? What is our mission? How do we show up and work together? What's really important to us? And being able to communicate that out to the world and attract people in who resonate with that, who are in alignment with that, who want to work on the same vision, the same mission and in the same way together. So it's really, you know, I think we're going through a huge evolution in terms of company culture. I think in the past, it's been very hierarchical and that top-down kind of mentality. And obviously, we've had iterations from that, but we're really moving into a future of work where all individuals are respected as valuable, valid, worthy players in the, the kind of game that is that organization that are showing up and bringing all of themselves and can contribute and make decisions and, and lead as individuals and within the company. And we're kind of moving away from this idea of like someone or some group of people telling another group of people exactly what to do every day and setting all of the rules and boundaries and frameworks for them. I mean, we have it in a different way now, which is around alignment and values, but it's not around, you have to turn up at this time, you have to sit over here, you have to be in this office, you have to, you know, operate in this way. And we don't really care if you care about what we do or not, we just want you to do your job. I think we've really moved, we're really moving away from that. And it's certainly what professionals all around the world are desiring. They're desiring to work with companies where they feel alignment in the meaning of the organization and that their work that they do every day is meaningful. Wow, that's a beautiful mission, by the way, Sarah, and uh, not an easy job. And I'm, I'm wondering generally, like, how, how do you then select the companies you kind of want to do business with and you want also 
the candidates that you have in your platform to be in touch with? Like, do you have a criteria? Like, would you would you like maybe to share uh, or give some insights around this? Yeah, we mostly do it through our, our brand and our content. So the way that we're putting ourselves out there, you know, that's resonating with a certain group of people and they're the ones that are joining our platform. And I think that's a really big part of it, right? Like if if we advertise something different, like, I don't know, cheapest talent on earth, then we would get people that were companies that were looking for the cheapest talent on earth. Or if we advertised anything that you you know want to want to choose as what a company might stand for, then we would get people that resonate that. So that's really the first step is like that we are communicating what's important to us as an organization and how we want to the types of people and companies that we want to work with. And that definitely is resonating. And then it's more of a at the moment, especially, I mean, we're a, we're a young company, we're only 18 months old, but I think it's a lot of it is like a navigation out. If we found that a company is not in alignment with that, if we found that they're not treating their people well, or they're not doing work in the world that is sort of for the highest, then, you know, we might have a conversation with them about moving them on and off the platform. But really the intention is upfront to attract in the people who are resonant first and foremost. That's very good. And yeah, branding is indeed the number one way. It's really it good is. to see. Absolutely. No, it's it's awesome. And um, if you were then to pick your top, let's say three or top five values, say you you were to describe the ideal company for you and let's say grow remotely, yeah. what would be their mission? What would be their values? Like would love to, to have your identikit sort of say, uh, and <laughs> I guess other people may be interested as well. Yeah, I mean, Gromotly is kind of my ideal company because it's the company that I created. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, our, more. Our, <laughs> our mission and why we exist is to redefine work for humanity. So the things that I was talking about before to be, you know, really a part of ushering in that change. And that's everything that we, we do and put forth in the world is helping companies and people navigate from the past way of working to a new way of working. That's our mission. Our vision is to become, you know, a leading platform for remote work within this context of, of doing work in a more expanded way. And I think it's really interesting because remote work tends to lend itself to this more conscious way of working by its very nature, because all of a sudden when you, when we remove ourselves from the confines of an office, there's just a lot more introspection that comes up around how we're leading our people or as an individual, like how do I structure my day? How do I lead myself? So there's a real close tie in there. And also those of us who chose remote work before the pandemic, there was a real pioneering, a real, you know, thinking about the systems and deciding that they weren't necessarily working for us and then choosing a different way. And there was a lot of faith back then for myself people like myself who were deciding to turn our companies remote or start remote companies and professionals who were seeking remote work pre-pandemic. I mean, it was completely out there. So it was a certain type of mindset of people and still continues to be, I think, people who are willing to sort of stand for something and say what they want in the world and and go for it. And then in terms of our values, I mean, I'll, I'll give a couple of examples, but stay curious and stay open is one of our values. So navigating everything that we're doing in the business, whether it's the way we're talking with each other, whether it's a decision we're making, a problem we're solving, it's to approach it with an open mind and curiosity. So asking questions, um, staying open to different possibilities. I talk about often with my team and others how sometimes when we're making a decision, we can feel like there's two options. Like it can feel very black and white. Like, are we doing this or are we doing that? But 
if we can open our mind and say, you know, there's literally always infinite possibilities. Like we could probably brainstorm a hundred different potential scenarios in any situation or more if we really wanted to. And that there's so much power in that. Another one of our values is trust through transparency. So transparency is a really high value of mine. So speaking transparently with my team, with our community, you know, on a podcast like this, wherever it is, just communicating really transparently about what's real, um, not pretending to have all the answers, not pretending to be perfect, talking about it when we mess it up, when we get out of alignment, when we make a mistake, and also talking about what we're doing really well and, and how we're showing up with each other that's that's really serving us. And so the trust through transparency piece is about having you know clear, timely, direct communication with each other, but with kindness and compassion. And through that kind of container, we build a lot of trust with each other. So those are just a couple of examples of our values. I love that. And also, I love also the perspective you come from, Sarah. And for those who don't know, Sarah is also a pioneer in both entrepreneurship and remote work. I believe you've been in, like you've been working remotely since 2014. Yeah. So yeah, so I've done, I've done my research correctly. <laughs> you did your research, yeah, yeah. And back then it was like very strange to be doing it. You know, I was the only entrepreneur within my friend of entrepreneurs within my community that even considered really doing that. And yeah, so it was a different world back then. <laughs> yeah, sounds like so long ago, and it's probably what almost eight, nine yeah, years. You were yeah, take. yeah. So, years, yeah. but it's it's good to see. It's good to see how these changes now are making. I'm making a big impact. I'm mm-hmm. making companies more conscious, more aware. And I also believe that strong values and a strong mission can really be big reasons for people to join a company. Yeah, for sure. And what I also feel, it's not just about kind of the salary. It's not about the job title anymore, but it's more about, okay, what am I contributing to? And yeah. how am I helping either, whether if it's my community, whether if it's, you know, my company, but really, how am I making an impact? And this is the trend I'm seeing. For and sure. I think it's going to stay. And because the whole world of work is open now, like we're not limited by our physical location, we can find a company where we really align with their values and their vision and their mission. So we will. And that's where it's now possible. So that's what has become people's kind of desire and standard and benchmark and what they're what they're looking for. That's awesome. And do you have, let's say, a like pioneer or somebody like a company or someone who who really inspires you and um, who's been an inspiration for you? Yeah, I think there's there's a number of companies that have inspired me in different ways. I mean, when I first went remote, everyone around me was saying, this is crazy and it won't work. And then as my companies grew, it won't work at scale. And so there was a lot of naysayers as there tends to be when we're pioneering something new. But I looked to companies like Basecamp and Automatic and not not as much then because I didn't know about them, but now like GitLab, companies of, of different sizes that have been around for quite a substantial number of years that are fully remote and thriving as much as I can know they are, but they seem to be. I really looked to companies like that so that I could have that kind of like affirmation that it was possible. You know, it was an inspiration that it was possible. And then when I think specifically about 
being a company that is more conscious and more good for people and good for the planet and willing to like stay in their integrity around that, which is challenging all the time. There's so many competing factors at play at any given moment when we're trying to build a company with a whole group of customers and a whole group of team members and sometimes investors and like the amount of people that are involved in an organization, it can start pulling at all of the edges. But I look at a company like Patagonia and I just go, wow, you know, like they believe in something, they stand for something and they're willing to really continue to go all the way to do what's important to them. And that for me, when I think about what I want to do in the world and and like who knows about this life, right? We don't know if it is meaning anything at all or if it means nothing. We don't know, but we're here. We're having an experience. And when I think about the fact that I'm here having an experience I think about, well, I'm going to choose to have the most meaningful experience that I can have because that feels much more engaging than choosing to have a meaningless experience. And so if I think about what I want to look back on when I look at my life and when I look at Grow Motely, but not only what I want to look back on, like what I want to look at right in this very present moment is I want to do work that to the best of my knowledge and ability is expansive and positive for people and the planet that is making everyone's experience better. It's not doing anything other than that. And so that's, you know, for me, a company like Patagonia, and there's, there's lots of companies of, of small and large size that really inspire me in that. And it's really important to find that inspiration because there's many, many more companies that don't seem to care too much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, I agree. And especially when you only look at the balance sheet, but you're not looking then at the wider impact that you have as a business or at the wider impact that you could have as a business as well. That also makes a big difference. And in my past job, I was very lucky. We uh, had a lot of experience also with volunteering. I think this is also an incredible way. Obviously, it's easier if you do it as a team and when you're in person, but Nowadays, there are other ways that you can contribute by donations. Uh, you can join local communities as well. So there are really good ways to to make an impact. But I also believe that employers have, in a way, a social responsibility towards being more more aware and spreading more good words around inclusion, around our environment, and in general, around our overall well-being so, so it's good to see how these values are also important to you. And it's great to see that you're amplifying them as much as possible. Yeah. I mean, something that I've really thought about for a long time, you know, since I was in my early 20s is the kind of idea of companies being for profit, first and foremost, to create some kind of financial uh, gain, and then charities being to serve the community. That the separation is like a story that's quite ingrained in our culture that like, okay. And it comes into our work as well, right? Like I work to make money to then go away and do things that I love. And I don't necessarily have to enjoy my work. And that's the story that we're transcending right now. When I think of business and charities, like the world that I want to call forth is a world where all business is good for people and good for the planet. And so we don't actually need charity as much. Like we actually are integrating the two and maybe some business models are more toward like a charitable, something they're being able to provide, but how do we create it into a sustainable business model that's good for people and good for the planet at the same time versus this, because I think there can be a lot of justification happening amongst 
leadership of large companies and, and all, all sorts of companies really where they say, well, you know, we do X over here, but we donate a certain amount of profits to Y and that kind of like there's a net positive. And I think we need to transcend net positive at this point. We need to be looking at just positive in general, like is other things that I'm doing in the world positive for people on the planet? And if I find out that something maybe I didn't have awareness around isn't serving, like how do we, how do we move that? Like if, if we're in a, you know, I was watching a documentary when I was in my, in Croatia with my team actually about the forests in Romania that are being exploited for wood. And some of my team are from Romania. So it kind of was interesting for us to sit down and watch it together. But like they were interviewing Ikea on there and Ikea was like, oh, we don't know anything about this. Like it's down the supply chain. We do our best to source, you know, ethical wood or what have you. And like, no one was really looking at the thing. But like, here's these like 100, 200, 300 year old trees in Romania getting cut down and ending up in cheap, shitty chipboard furniture. Like as humanity, we need to move forward to a place where when we become aware of something like that, we put a hard line and we say, absolutely not. Like I'm going to find a new supplier. I'm going to find a new supply chain. And I know it's difficult. You know, I know it's really, really challenging to continue to come back into highest integrity all the time as a leader within our businesses. And I cannot even imagine what it's like, you know, in a huge organization like Ikea. So I'm not going to pretend to have been in that situation or know what it is, but it starts with every day and every moment and every decision. Like, am I living in my highest integrity? Am I making decisions in every moment that are serving the fact that this is one planet and we are all interconnected and the things that I do have an impact on you and all the way in Portugal, like there is an impact, like everything has, there is an interconnected nature of everything. And it's time that we stop living in a way where we think that, you know, what I do over here in my box doesn't impact what's happening over there. Like it does. (laughs) I totally see what you mean. And for me in particular, since I started working remotely, I realized how also how less I need, I don't need much like Mm -hmm. to be happy. I don't need much in terms of what I own. I need, obviously, yes, to make some nice experiences. I spend a lot of time doing sport, do yoga, I surf. So this is great for me. It makes me feel super good. But outside of that, in the end, there's not much that I need, you know. And uh, especially if I look look at what I own and what I have, the less, the better. This is how, how I feel right now. And it sounds like it's given you a chance to, and it has for me as well. So I have a lot of resonance in what you're saying. It gives us a chance to look at what actually is important and make those choices like yoga and surfing or whatever it might be, like skiing for me, travel, like those things are important. And they're not important because, you know, I see them advertised to me every day on my commute on the way to work and I see other people doing them. And so I think I have to have it. And that's a lot of what happens in like, it's so connecting all of these dots, but you think about that commute to work where you're seeing all these billboard advertising and walking past the shops and I remember like every single day, I remember living in Ireland and I worked in an office that was on kind of a main street and I would get caught into the like, I'm I'm going past these main streets with all their window shops and all these fancy clothes and handbags. And there's all the people going to their offices wearing their fancy clothes and handbags. And I start getting caught in like, I need all these things to go to my office and look cool and have these great shoes and have this nice handbag. And Like, I don't actually care about any of that. Like, I really don't. I want to be, you know, in Bali going to yoga every day and eating at my favorite raw vegan cafes. And like, that's what I care about. That's what I really enjoy and love. But while I'm in this rat race that we used to, that we call it, 
I'm being conditioned and programmed into a machine and a system that is, yeah, just not giving me the opportunity to dive into who I really am, what really makes me happy. And there's just a lot of that keeping up with the Joneses type thing that I think comes from that old way of working because it's a lot, it's outside of ourself is telling us what we should be and how we should act and and what the, the decisions we should make. But remote work starts to open these doors for so many things because all of a sudden you can choose where you live. You can choose what hours you want to work in the day. You can choose if you want to go to some other location for a week and hang out. Like all these decisions are yours now. So we actually have to think instead of just being told. Totally. I will never forget. It was a few years ago. I was coming back from a trip in Greece. I spent there around 20 days and I had just a blast. It was like super nice. I enjoyed, mm. you know, sightseeing like looking at this beautiful tiny place. islands <laughs> yeah beautiful place um and on my way back i remember i was very sad i was like okay i'm gonna go back to the office now to to do my job it's kind of cool i mean i liked what i was doing but between me and me i was like but wait like if i had my laptop here i could have just you know said maybe a couple of more weeks and mm-hmm. done the job like done my work from greece and then return back and it wouldn't be as sad in a way and i probably would have made more out of it you know Mm -hmm. so i'll never forget that and now looking back for me i feel obviously very lucky because i have a lot of flexibility and i live in a place where it's so easy to travel around and see different Mm -hmm. landscapes even within portugal so i feel extremely lucky and uh, are you you like are you from portugal originally you portuguese well no i'm actually so long story short i was born in morocco i grew Mm. up in italy I actually lived in Ireland also for very (laughs) good years, like six years now in Portugal. So I'm from many countries. I love it. I mean, we're all just from Earth, really. But (laughs) yeah, that's very true. But no, it's very cool. Morocco is so incredible. I was there about 20 years ago as well. It's so crazy how time. Oh, wow. That must have changed. Probably. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I haven't been back, but I loved it. I mean, Marrakesh was just, I slept on the rooftop of a hotel in marrakesh in the medina and it was amazing that's nice i'm actually flying back in november going to the south uh, there's like a surf area in the south of morocco nearby Agadir. Cool. and yeah i'm looking to go there now to yeah catch some waves so look forward to that but uh sarah well, it's super so the good south really would be I... like it's on the east like an east east coast kind of thing east south right e... is that right uh, it's on, so it's Sunday. west, so it's all facing the Atlantic. Oh, so Mark is all on the Atlantic. And, oh, west, uh, yes. yes, sorry. Yeah. Mixing my east and west. <laughs> west coast. <laughs> yeah. The coast is the west, and then it's on the south of that. That's nice. Yes, Enjoy exactly. It. Yeah. 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 So it's, uh, it's a very good spot. And hopefully the temperature is also going to be warm. Um, not like the water here in Portugal is very fresh, <laughs> especially in this part of uh, where I am around Lisbon. It's always a treat to, to go into really warm water when uh, co- growing up in Australia and on the beach there. I mean, the beaches are beautiful, but the water's freezing. And whenever I was in Asia or something, it's like, oh my God, how nice is this to just like wander into the water and I can hang out here for ages because it's so lovely. Yeah, <laughs> I know what you mean. No, I'm, I'm getting used to it. And also <laughs> it's it's normal. And most of the time I would, I'm with a wetsuit anyways, but yeah. it's, uh, it's good. And I love also uh, what you were saying about, in a way, I think you touched on, a, on an interesting point, which is sense of belonging into a community. And I agree also when you said that in a traditional work environment, in order to belong to a group, 
could be your co-workers, could be your office, could be, you know, like the place where in there are some social behaviors, sort of say, and maybe dressing in a certain way is one, behaving in a certain way is another one. And I also agree in like with that. And also I love how remote work kind of removes these boundaries and removes these filters and you can be your true self in mm-hmm. a way. And our true selves can change, right? Like, because we're not always at optimal 100% performance and as humans we have ups and downs and i think what i love the most is really how this type of setup i can be myself and also respect myself as well in moments where i'm not 100 i'm just aware and obviously in those days i need to be more more conscious and look Mm -hmm. after myself and there are days where i'm very very productive and in those days i know that i can give my 200 because it just feels good i have the energy for it and i can just go for it and and finding the balance, obviously, I think mm-hmm. this is the greatest thing. And being aware of these elements can, can really help live a, a nice and comfortable life as well. Yeah, it's really beautiful. And it goes back to the, I think, of the old way and the old system. It's like a machine. You know, you got to get on that train or that bus or whatever, and you got to get to the office at that time. Then you got to sit there for eight hours and you got to be productive. And then you do it again the next day and you do it again the next day. And you do it five days a week and have two days off. And then you repeat it all again the next week. And it just sounds... It sounds so difficult (laughs) and it sounds so unnatural in a lot of ways. I always also think about like women and, you know, we all have these natural energy flows and then women also have a monthly cycle that has very like visceral and physical energy cycles that are also very powerful. Like if we harness the parts of our monthly cycle where our creativity is high and our energy is high, we can, like you said, we can produce so much. And then there are times when we just need to like, you know, slow down a bit. And those are the times where when we slow down and we rest that we're actually making space for new energy and new ideas and newer creativity to come through. We're getting clarity and recharging for better decision making. And so when we can learn those natural cycles within ourselves in a day, a week, within the month, whatever it might be, you know, that's a much more productive way to work actually, just like Nat, the, the cycles of nature, you know, they take care of themselves. It's when we try to control them and force them and change them it, under the guise that we're going to get more productivity, but really we just end up, end up with burnout or, you know, destruction of our natural environment. I learned a lot about from permaculture and regenerative farming that like has so many parallels with just the way we're working and relating with each other and yeah, the way we run our companies. Really that's super cool what's the name of the book again oh just the I, it wasn't a book just uh just the concepts of like i'm looking oh, into okay. permaculture a lot and regenerative farming because we have land here in austin we have 72 acres where we're moving with community which is another thing that you know wouldn't be possible without remote work but we all have our own businesses and we can all live out there an hour and a half out of the city and and hang out and stuff but we're doing a lot of permaculture and regenerative farming and as I've delved into that world over the last couple of years I've really just learned a lot about nature and how humans just we've had this tendency to try to control nature to harness it for our own gain but we do the same thing to ourselves we try to control and like create this like you know, machine out of who we are, but really we're perfect in our natural state. And there is like a perfect amount of creation and rest and everything that we can produce and do and be in the world is perfect when we do it in balance and harmony with who we are in our natural state. We don't need to try to control it and force ourselves to work eight hours a day in the most productive way from nine to five, da, 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 da. 
Wow. Yeah. No, you, you nailed it really. And it's so good to see that you're building also this community around you and, uh, look I forward to seeing. I think there's a lot like that in Portugal, right? There's some. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So there are actually quite a few, especially around the Sintra area, but also all the way going, going to the south. There's a lot going on. It's super nice. And it's so nice. The great thing is like, yeah, Portugal very much attracts a lot of like-minded people, conscious people. Mm-hmm. as well especially when it comes to nature environment and yeah it's a it's a happy mindful place i, oh, I, would say. I love that i need to get back yeah. out there yeah i mean what kind of amazing opportunity we're living right now where we can actually go back to living in that way where we live more communally more harmoniously where we want to be surrounded by the types of people that you know resonate highest for us and do really amazing professional work because we can do it remotely and we can work with people anywhere. Like so much of our past lives were dictated by, okay, I need to live in this city because this is where the opportunities are for the career that I'm doing, which is the career that's good for me that will help me make money so that I can like later retire and have a good life. Or I can take vacations every year to the place I really want to be and have a good life. Like, wow. I mean, we are blessed right now to live in a time where we can choose everything for our life and lifestyle and then do really incredible work in the world at the same time. Yes. And if you look at it from this perspective, probably there's even no need to retire. Because if you're happy, if you need, you know, if you're doing something that's making you happy, as long as you're healthy, you can keep, you know, doing that. And uh, that's, it yeah. also shifts and changes the the way, the, the traditional way, which again, nothing against it, because I also don't like division. I yeah. just think there are different ways to look at things. And mm-hmm. people, I think it's also good for people to see different angles and maybe they can get inspired by this or they can just be like, okay, no, this is actually not for me. Totally. So yeah. What I, what, I, what I really like is, again, putting out there the different angles, different perspectives, and people can obviously see, okay, what is best for them. But generally, again, I, I really feel... I really feel lucky to to be able to have this setup and to obviously also be able to connect with so many like-minded people that are driven by this passion. And even you and I now connecting, probably we wouldn't be in touch if it wasn't for what we're doing, which is very similar. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's great to see, obviously, how the power of this connection and the power also of this community as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very beautiful, incredible, inspiring community. For sure. For sure. One last question, Sarah, for you before we wrap this up. 2023 is entering and, well, we have still three months. What advice would you give to someone who's looking to make a change into a full-time remote job, for example? Like where to look? Obviously, there's a grow remotely. That's a great place to start. But generally, like what advice would you give like someone who's now probably not very happy and is looking for a fresh change? Um, Any tip from you? I think whenever we're looking for a change in our life, it's really important to get clear on what it is we're looking for. I mean, stay open for sure and listen to you know, the signals and synchronicities and things that present themselves, but don't be afraid to dream of what you really want and start there. Like write down what your ideal is, the type of company, the type of work you're doing, what the vision and mission of the organization might be. I think that's like the most grounded place to start anything new, because that way we're starting from a place of you know, some level of clarity around where we want to end up. If we just start applying for jobs, I can give you practical tips like, yeah, registering on Gromotely and applying for jobs that feel like that you like or what have you. But 
you know, if we if we go forward into action in that way, often, you know, we just only change a little bit. Like we end up somewhere else over here, but it's still not necessarily what we really want. So I would say getting really clear on what we desire and what we're calling in um, as clear as we can, and then starting that process of looking. But I think having, you know, a really strong LinkedIn profile, registering on platforms like Remotely, and checking out all of the global remote job boards. Uh, and then, you know, I, I think one of the things that I hear so much from candidates at the moment is there's a lot of these job boards that say remote, but then they turn out to actually be hybrid or they turn out to be remote, but you have to be in a certain city or something like that. So, you know, just doing your research around which remote job boards are actually fully global, open to anyone, remote remote kind of work just so that you're not wasting time going down a rabbit hole of an interview process only to find out that you're not actually qualifying based on something simple that's just something that seems really front of mind at the moment that I'm just hearing a lot from professionals all over the world but there is a number of you know job boards that are focused on 100% remote work so it's seek them out and start there awesome Sarah thank you so much that was very insightful and uh, very inspiring, I have to say. And I wanted to thank you again for making time today to share with us your experience, your wisdom. And um, yeah, thank you again. Yeah, my absolute pleasure. It was really fun to be here and talk about all these things. So thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Here to Stay podcast. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. See you on the next one.